Welcome to Sunday Sermons at Journey. Join us every week as we bring you inspiring messages from our community of believers. We believe in the need to gather together to worship, learn, and grow in our faith as a family, and we're excited to share that experience with you. Whether you're a longtime member of our community or a first-time listener, we hope these messages will encourage and challenge you on your own spiritual journey. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in for some thoughtful reflection and inspiring insights. Let's get started. So I need to be honest with you at the start. Dad, uh, I don't know, called me like maybe three weeks ago and he said, hey, I'm taking a sabbatical. I'm going on this long break. Would you mind filling in for me? And I said, absolutely, I'd love to. And I said, just let me know where I need to fit in, and I'd be happy to do it. And he said, he got back with me later, and he said, you're going to do Ephesians chapter 6, and you're going to finish the series for us. I was like, oh, that means I have to do a good job. (laughs) And then I looked at the passage, and I was a little discouraged, if I'm being honest. I saw the text. I was like, man, that's something that I grew up talking about in the back, like in kids' school. Uh, So how... Am I going to teach this to adults? It seems fairly elementary, at least to me. Uh, I've, if you've been in church any amount of time, you've probably heard this text taught before, and we, again, we like to teach it to our kids. Uh, but I, I opened the text, I opened the Bible, and I got into it. And what Paul is communicating in Ephesians chapter 6 goes way beyond, uh, I think, what we talk to our kids about in the back. It's an adult conversation that he's having, and so I invite you to to jump in with me and uh, dive into this text that maybe you're familiar with, but let's approach it with new ears, with new hearts, and see what Paul has to say. I want to tell you at the start that this is going to be an equipping conversation. We're going to talk about what it means to be equipped, and that's a word that we don't use outside of church very often. And so I want to help us unpack this word just briefly. So I put some slides together to help us understand this word equipping. And so equipping means to supply with the necessary items for a particular purpose. All right, let's go to the next slide. We noticed the root word equip. So we just added the, an extra P and then the I-N-G. And equip has the same definition, to supply with the necessary items for a particular purpose. So we have items that we need to accomplish a purpose. It's what it means to equip. We're more familiar with this next word, though. If you'll go to the next slide. Equipment. That's a word that we use a whole lot more We still have the same root word, though, don't we? Equip. And look at the definition. The necessary items for a particular purpose. See how equipment fulfills the word equip? Equipment are the tools that we need to accomplish the task, to accomplish the purpose. It's Ephesians 6, uh, starting in verse 14. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So a couple things about this list. I guess I have a question for you. Can we touch any of these? If the Word of God counts as the Bible, which I'm not so sure that it does, I'm not so sure that that's what Paul is talking about in this text, but if the Word of God is the Bible here, then that's the only thing that we can touch. Everything else is in idea. Righteousness, truth, salvation, those are ideas. And he's telling you to strap it on. So how do you strap on armor that you can't touch? I think that's interesting. What this tells us is that our battle's not a physical one. That the armor that we are called to strap on is not physical because we are not engaged in physical warfare. We're engaged in a spiritual battle. So what are we to do? How do we follow Paul's instructions? How do we strap on armor that we can't touch? And more importantly, why should we strap on armor that we can't touch? I think this is the heart of the issue, the why of this text. So often, again, when we're talking about this text back in the back to our kids, we talk about the what, we talk about the belt, we talk about the breastplate, we talk about the helmet, But Paul is speaking in an analogy here, and so I don't think the what is nearly as as important. Like, we try to memorize, okay, is salvation the helmet or the breastplate or the belt? Like, does that really make a difference? (laughs) If salvation was the breastplate rather than the helmet, how would that change things for us? I don't think it would, because he's speaking in an analogy. He's using metaphorical language. And so we need to understand why Paul is talking about this so much more than the what, which is the armor. So why do we need these things? Let's look at the start of the text. I skipped to the middle. We're going to look at the top. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord. Okay, if you've ever read Joshua chapter 1, God tells Joshua six times, be strong and courageous. And if you know anything about Joshua, he was a warrior. And his job was to lead the people of Israel into the promised land and destroy and make war on the inhabitants of Canaan. That was Joshua's job. And so God tells him, be strong and courageous. And so let's look at what, again, at what Paul tells us in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. So we should start to be thinking, okay, this is serious. Like it reminds us of Joshua. Joshua was a soldier and a general of God's people. And now Paul is giving us similar words. Be strong in the Lord. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God. So that confirms for us 
that this is warfare that we're talking about. The, the be strong language points back to Joshua and then the armor language confirms we're talking about a battle here. We're talking about warfare. So that anytime that you get to those two words in Scripture, pay attention, because that's our why. And again, the why is what we're focusing on this morning. Why put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes? Again, we are in a spiritual warfare. And just to, just to prove the point, who are we fighting? We're fighting the devil. We're fighting with Satan. And Paul doesn't tell the church in Ephesians, hey, put on the full armor of God so that you can go and overthrow the Roman authorities. Paul's not interested in that. He's interested in the way that we fight with Satan. And this is interesting for us because theologically, we would think that Satan has been defeated after Jesus dies on the cross. Like, Jesus dies on the cross, Satan is overthrown, and we're good to go. Paul seems to be saying something different. Like, we're still engaged in a battle with the devil even after Jesus dies with the cross, on the cross. What that tells us is that the way that we live our daily lives matters. To believe in Jesus is a beautiful thing. To believe in the cross and that Jesus died on the cross to save you from your sins is a beautiful thing but it doesn't stop there. And if we think that it does, then we are missing a whole big picture. And if we think that it stops there, we're closing our eyes to the spiritual warfare that Paul says that we should be strapped with armor. You're closing your eyes. You're not wearing armor. You've just got this soft flesh that is not going to withstand flaming arrows or a sword coming straight at your gut. We have to be aware of what we are engaged in. Satan and, his, and the forces of evil are still working. And he is battling against the kingdom of God of which we are citizens. I remember growing up, and my listening to my dad preach, and we were engaged in a, like a sermon series on kingdom, and something that he would finish every sermon with is that we are citizens in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. And that's so true. But Paul, I think, even takes it a step further. We're not only citizens in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God, Paul says that we are called to be warriors. He says, put on your armor because you're in a fight. And you're not in a physical fight. You're in a fight for your soul. 
And praise God that, that the Holy Spirit and that Jesus are fighting with you. But you've got to do your work of putting on your armor. You've got to be equipped or you're not going to last. We're called to be soldiers. Verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Okay, there's two categories for who Paul says that we're fighting. First, rulers and authorities. Okay, those are people. And uh, I, don't, I don't think it's super appropriate to, get, to preach politics from the stage, uh, but there are certain areas where faith and politics overlap. And I think the church has to do a better job of speaking on those things. Uh, and so I'm going to do that briefly, real quick for us. We as individuals are in a spiritual fight, but the church is as well. And I think we need to think more communally and that we belong to a community. It's not just me by myself, I'm a Christian, but we belong to a community, we belong to the body of Christ. And during the pandemic, I think war was made against the body of Christ when the U.S. government said that the church is not essential. I don't think they could have been more wrong. I think the church is the most essential thing in our lives. And so we are at war with the rulers and with authorities. And if you don't like the reference to the U.S. government, how about the Canadian government? Let's talk about them just for a second. <laughs> they are currently endorsing a program called MAID. It's Medical Assistance in Dying. It's euthanasia. And it's doctors prescribing suicide as a treatment. Guys, we are at war with rulers and authorities. That includes our government. And as the church, we have to speak up on those issues. Or we're going to lose the fight. We can't surrender those things. And then Paul continues... We're at war against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Like, we think that the U.S. government is bad. We think the Canadian government is doing some shady things. Like, it's so much more cosmic than that. We are at war with Satan and the forces of evil. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Like, that is why. 
why are we equipped with the armor of God? Not so that it's some cute Sunday school lesson that we teach to our kids, but because we are at war with the forces of evil in our world. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18 and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. We are called to battle against and overcome the evil of the day. And I want you to know, Journey, that you are always battling. I think sometimes with this text, this armor imagery, like we think it looks like John Wick. We think it's going to be this big, grandiose Armageddon final battle with Satan. And maybe that will happen. But I want to tell you, you're battling right now. You're battling every day. Every thought every desire and every action has spiritual consequences. Good or bad. And so Paul says, be alert. Have your eyes opened. And I need to tell you, the more I have grown up and the more that I have matured and the more I've deepened in my relationship with Christ, the more I have been able to recognize not only the voice of Christ, but the voice of Satan too. And I need to tell you that Satan fights with seductive whispers. He doesn't scream at you. But he crouches near your ear and he whispers things to you. And if we're not aware of that, we're going to get ran over. He affects our desires before he ever affects our actions. 
before you ever do something wrong, you have already committed desire after desire after desire to Him. The action only takes place after unattended desires have accumulated in our souls. We have to be alert. We have to pay attention to what we're thinking and what our heart longs for. And so what are we to do? This is not a hopeless sermon. What are we to do? We're to equip ourselves. We're to strap on the full armor of God. And in verse 18, we're to pray. Before you can strap on the armor of God, though, before you can be equipped, a couple things have to happen. If you're going to strap on armor, you have to have access to it. You can't strap on armor that you don't have access to. Where do you find access to the armor of God? Again, it's right here. It's in this place. It's in the church. And again, what's the armor? It's truth. It's righteousness. It's readiness. It's faith, salvation, the Holy Spirit. Those things are accessed right here. So by the very fact that you're sitting here this morning, you have access to the armor of God. It's at your disposal. I recently, um, my my wife, Maya, is pregnant. She's about almost 20 weeks. And She told me, and I was like, okay, it's, it's time for me to equip myself. It's time to me to, for me to get strapped. I need to, I need to get a gun. And, <laughs> and I just recently got the holster for that gun, so it has moved from my drawer to my person. And the first day of that was very uncomfortable. And I think the armor of God is the same thing. I think we find access to the armor here, but we are called to wear the armor every day. There is no point in me buying a pistol to protect her and my baby if I don't have it at my disposal, if I'm not wearing it on my person every day. And we are called to strap on the armor of God every single day. It's not something that you wear to church so that everybody thinks that you're looking good and looking cool. It's way more important that you carry it outside of these walls. And you can do that through spiritual disciplines, and I don't even have time to get into spiritual disciplines this morning. But find some of the pastoral staff here at Journey, and they can talk to you about what carrying the armor, carrying these spiritual disciplines in your own life looks like. So we need to have access. We need to find access in the church. We need to continue that access into our daily lives. 
but we also have to care. We have to care about the armor. Again, how do we put on armor that we can't touch? How do I put on truth? I don't really know the answer to that, but it starts with caring, at least. I have to care about the truth. I have to care about salvation. I have to care about righteousness. I have to polish the armor. If I don't tend after the armor, if I don't polish it, it's going to rust. And after it gets hit by a couple arrows, eventually it's going to give in. Tend to it. Tend to your soul. Tend to the truth. Tend to your own salvation. Work it out, Paul says in Philippians. Work out your own salvation. And again, praise God that He's doing it with you. You're not alone. He's doing it with you. But take ownership of it. Care about it. Don't let it rust. That's it for this week's Sunday Sermons at Journey. We hope you found the message inspiring and uplifting. And if you enjoyed listening, please consider subscribing to our podcast to stay updated on our latest episodes and then share it with your friends and family. If you have any thoughts, questions, or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us an email at journey at journeycs.org. We'll be back next week with another message, so be sure to tune in. Until then, have a great week, and let's walk together and make a difference.